Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Hockey is almost back, but what we're doing right now is a good substitute. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Good evening, everyone. Not a good evening, but all depends on where you're listening and why you're listening to this. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. My name is John Luke Shapiro, contributor to Forever Blue Shirts, and joining me today are fellow contributors, Russell Hartman and Kevin Krupe. Russell, how are you doing tonight? I am doing pretty well, I must say. I'm glad we're back on a weekly basis. It's nice to see you both, and uh, it's great to talk hockey again now that it's coming back relatively soon. And yes, relatively soon indeed. Kevin Krupe, how do you fare today? I'm faring pretty well. I mean, <laughs> hockey is almost back. You can almost feel it. I would say another month and a half away, or at least a month just to see some training camp. And, uh, you know, excitement is palpable. Palpable indeed. You can feel it in the air, and I just don't say that. I say it because I mean it. All right, so before <laughs> before we continue with the rest of the podcast, we would like to segue into a bit from the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Anthony Scoltore, with his views from Inside Rangers. This is Ranger Insights with Forever Blue Shirts website founder Anthony Scoltore. Today, Anthony goes into detail on the drive and passion Henrik Lundqvist wants and needs for this upcoming playoff series. Here's what Anthony had to say on that. Hey everyone, Anthony Scoltore, ForeverBlueShirts.com with Rangers Insights for you today. Uh, so let's jump into the biggest story that came out this weekend. Um, featured on foreverblueshirts.com. I spoke with Johan Rylander, a Swedish reporter that works for GP Sport, and he spoke with the Henrik Lundqvist. Um, it was probably the best interview that Lundqvist has given so far during the pause. And Rylander, who I've, you know, grown close with over the last few months, excellent reporter, uh, particularly amazing at deal. We've been talking about Lundqvist for a while and especially the rumors about uh, either a buyout or a compliance buyout. What I found extremely interesting is how direct uh, Johan was in the interview. And when we spoke, he did say that, you know, uh, Henrik was, you know, handled every question and didn't dodge a thing. And he answered honestly. He talked about his place in the rebuild. He said his eyes are open. He's not blind. He knows the Rangers are thinking ahead. There are many pieces that are going into a rebuild team uh, right now and also in the future. So even he has kind of said, I've had to widen my view. So what does that mean? When the topic of the compliance buyout came out, um, you know, obviously he says, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about winning the starting job back and playing Carolina. That's really what he's thinking about. But the really interesting thing and what 
What has been said before in the past is Henrik Lundqvist has, set, has been steadfast and is like, I'm going to talk to the Rangers in the summer. He goes, I have a contract with the Rangers and I want to finish that out. You know, I, I, got, I have a contract. I want to finish that out. But for the first time, he actually is saying that he feels he can play a few more years. And if so be it, it's not with the Rangers, it sounds like. I think he's intimating that as long as the role is right, He'd be open and interested in the possibly playing elsewhere. So that's some big news coming out of Henrik Lundqvist. One thing uh, Johan did tell me is that in the conversations with Henrik, he could sense he was fired up. This is he. I, he. If you you put you ask him, he was like, "Hey, I think he's going to win that job." Johan believes that we're going to we're going to get one last hurrah for uh, Lundqvist. So we'll see what happens. I think that's uh, there's going to be a great storyline once uh, Phase Three starts and they hit training camp. And I think the battle between the three goalies is going to be awesome. I do believe Igor Shosturkin has the leg up on that. Uh, he was winning at a higher pace than any other three goalies and was playing extremely well. But who knows? There's two exhibition games. And I think that'll be the uh, telltale sign of who gets the uh, gets the start. Next on Ranger Insights, Anthony goes into detail on a potential return for Leah Sanderson to the New York Rangers for the current playoff series. Anderson and many other players are being considered to fill out the extended playoff roster. Here's what Anthony had to say on that topic, along with mentioning a player the Rangers did not re-sign, but was drafted not too long ago. Now let's talk about some other news that uh, I'm getting some interesting information on. Uh, also on foreverblueshirts.com, I reported, you know, will Elias Anderson get any consideration of being put on the expanded roster? Uh, the the roster is going to be 28 skaters and as many goalies as you can carry. So we already know that the Rangers are going to carry three. We know the three. So it's going to be a roster of 31. So when I first started looking at potential players, um, you know, Stephen Fogarty came to mind, Vinny Letary, Bunieves, uh, Tim Gettinger, Vitaly Kratsoff. Matt Bolesky and people who are going, Matt Bolesky? Well, guess, remember, Brendan Lemieux is going to be suspended, and Matt Bolesky could give them a little punch if that's what they want. Uh, on defense, I was thinking Libor Hayek, Hugo uh, Rykoff, and Brandon Crawley. Uh, I could be wrong about Rykoff. A lot of people I spoke to said that towards the end he really wasn't cutting it. We'll see. Uh, those were the names I was thinking about. Now, remember, every one of them, a lot of them have contracts uh, that are actually expiring. But guess what? So is Jesper Fast, and he's probably going to be playing. So I'm pretty sure that whatever they decide to do with NHL contracts will extend to these players as well. So these are all candidates. Now, what I, who I didn't have on there was Lias Anderson. Now, what I'm hearing is is that obviously we know that John Davidson and David Quinn have been speaking to Lias Anderson. Uh, I'm getting some information out of Sweden, um, and it sounds like he's training. Okay, the SHL season ended a while ago. It's not coming back. They're not restarting play, but he's on ice and he's training. So it's not just tennis on his Instagram. He's doing a little bit more. So let's just say there's a good potential that the Rangers could, would consider putting Lias Anderson on the expanded roster. Even if he doesn't play, it is a pretty good signal to the rest of the league that the Rangers still believe in him. And if they want, if he wants to be here, they'll try and give him a spot. That they'll let him compete for a spot next year. So, you know, trading him and thinking he's a goner and the Rangers have no interest, that should let them let people like the Edmonton Oilers and 
Ken Holland before they start going, you know, Jesse Pujarvi, you want him, give me Elias and give me a first round pick. You know what? You know, if you want that deal, maybe it just needs to be one for one. So anyway, I thought that was interesting piece of information. Those are the two biggest hits I have for you. Uh, breaking news, uh, five o'clock Monday has passed. Uh, and Nico Gross is probably is gone. They did not uh, sign him. So he will be going back into the draft. Uh, so the Rangers, if you look at it, Nico Gross is a left-handed defenseman. The Rangers are overloaded on left side defense. You know, Keandre Miller's coming up. Uh, it, it's just, it's not there. It's, it's just not going to be there for, for him. Uh, so we'll see what happens. You got to shift Fox or 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 uh, D'Angelo to the left side too. You got Nils Lundqvist, Matthew Robertson, Zach Jones. I can go on and on and on. You can see how Nico Gross has fallen out and isn't going to make it. So anyway, that's your uh, Rangers insight. I hope you enjoyed it. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Let's go Rangers. Thank you to the boss man, Mr. Scultori over there. He's done this for a very long time, and he's offered some pretty good insight. So now that we've heard what he's had to say and kind of digested some of the things that he brought up on, let's begin our discussion here, gentlemen. One of the things that he brought up during that segment was the emergence of Henrik Lundqvist having that itch to become the number one starter. As mentioned, uh, Anthony spoke to Swedish reporter Johan Relander, and basically the vibe he got from Mr. Lundqvist is that he is amped and ready to go. He wants to be the guy to reclaim his throne. Now, obviously, in this situation, we know that Igor Shestjorkin, this is his team, it is his time. But now that the Rangers are in a quote-unquote playoff, Maybe it's time for Henrik Lundqvist to have at least one last hurrah and maybe have one more chance to win the cup with the Rangers. So starting off on this discussion, I'll have Russell have his opinion on it. Russell, you seem to be very vocal when it comes to having Igor Shistjork and take the reins. It's not the first time that you have said this. You've said this on many podcasts previously. So with what Anthony said about the report that Mr. Um, Relander said, what makes you think... Otherwise, give me your thoughts, because I know that you're on the other side of the spectrum on this. Um, yes, thank you, JL. Uh, I do have some pretty strong thoughts on this, and I think that, yes, I think Henrik Lundqvist should be allowed to compete for that starting job, but I ultimately think that you need to give the upper hand to Igor Shostjorkin because um, what, before the season stopped, as we discussed last week, uh, David Quinn had said, I'm going to go with the man or the goaltender, that brings us the wins. I'm going to go with that guy. Igor Shashirkin already setting records in his NHL career by winning 10 of his first 12 games, um, putting up some ridiculous numbers. I believe he has like a 932 save percentage already. Uh, I remember a particular game where the Rangers beat the Kings. He had something like 46 saves on 47 shots. Just about. Um, it's clear to me that from everything he's been through, coming up through the ranks in the KHL, winning a Gagarin Cup, playing in big playoff games, basically setting every record for a goaltender over there, then coming over here with immense hype, dominating the American Hockey League, getting the call up, and then dominating in the NHL. I mean, this situation kind of reminds me a little bit of like one close came over and replaced Kevin Weeks. Kevin Weeks was his team's starting goaltender for a while. This young upstart comes in, plays out of his mind, takes the starting job, and he started going forward. 
Igor Shosturkin has done more than enough in my mind to prove that he should be the guy to lean on during the playoffs. And personally, if you're a player or your management or you're even the coach, what message are you sending to your player after he competes against a Hall of Famer and another young hotshot goaltender, wins a starring job, and then you tell him, hey, maybe not now, maybe this guy. I'd be a little ticked because of everything I did to earn my position, and I think he has earned his position as the New York Rangers starting goaltender until something happens that maybe he maybe he falters a little bit. Maybe something happens in the playoffs, then you bring Henrik Lundqvist in. But as of right now, I don't see why you wouldn't put your young phenom in net who's earned his position as the number one goaltender for the New York Rangers. Well, before we go on to Kevin, let me ask you this, Russell. The situation between Kevin Weeks and Henrik Lundqvist is far different than the current situation with Igor Shestjorkin and Henrik Lundqvist. Don't you think that Henrik deserves at least one more shot? Because it seems that all signs, and Anthony alluded to this during his piece, all signs seem to point to Henrik Lundqvist not returning. Henrik Lundqvist said he can play for a couple of more seasons, so don't you think that maybe, just maybe, they might take into account that Henrik Lundqvist could be a huge component in terms of, you know, hey, let's have him play. And I'm sure Igor wouldn't have too much of a problem with it because, I mean, that is his idol. I can't speak for Igor himself. For but sure, yeah. I, I, I don't think he would have too much of a problem if they said, look, we're going to give Henrik the nod. He might give us the best chance. Well, you're right. The situation is different because Kevin Weeks is obviously not a franchise legend the same way Henrik Lundqvist is and hasn't earned the respect with the organization that Henrik Lundqvist has. You are correct. No offense to Kevin but Weeks. No offense to Kevin Weeks. We lo- I, I love Kevin Weeks. We love I met him in person. Great guy. Worked in the same building with him for a while. Awesome dude. Point being, um, yes, Henrik Lundqvist might have some left in the tank. And yes, I do believe he's going to play in the NHL probably until he's about 40-41, similar to how Martin Brodeur did. But I just think... For someone who has, you know, frankly, like I've been saying, he's earned it. And, you know, nothing, if, if you don't stay at your level, obviously you always have to worry about someone passing you. That's with any job in life. But I feel at this point, if anyone should have the inside track, it's the man that literally was backing them in the crease when the Rangers won that ridiculous run to get even back in the playoff run to begin with. And the man who was going to lead this team to their next era of Stanley Cup contention. That's a fair point. It's definitely something that it's definitely one up for debate. And going to the other side of the spectrum, in a sense, Kevin Krupe, your thoughts on this situation? You seem very eager to contribute. What do you what do you think how, about how this? How am situation? I on the other end of the spectrum? How do you know what I'm gonna say? You I don't know, know Kevin. Maybe say. I'm just reading your mind. I don't know. Maybe oh, oh. Um, Jedi mind tricks. Ooh. You will agree with me. Not other end of the spectrum, but let's try to go a little more down the middle for this upcoming playoff hunt i can understand why for multiple reasons people are saying let's give hank the starting nod against carolina he did have the best record against him yes he played lights out i mean i don't know if you remember the back-to-back wins that he had literally game it home and home with carolina and just did that greatness but you know i i can also see why russell is right Igor came in, got us on this great run to bring him back into playoff contention. Without him, we're picking in that top seven no matter what. We're not talking about Rangers hockey as much as we are. So if we really look at it, the it, 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 it's, it's awesome. I think Henrik Lundqvist does get the optimal nod starting 
these playoffs. But going into next year, I think he's number two. I, I don't think he really has a place on this team as much as he used to, only because there's someone here that just took the baton and ran with it. I think it's also, you got to, you know, attribute to the fact that Hank is older, but he also has never been in this situation before as a team leader, as a goalie, and he's never been on a rebuilding team. He lost friends. It's like, it's hard. It's probably mentally hard on him. It's probably physically demanding. And, and you also got to think goalies are creatures of habit. If they're not playing their usual time, just like a starting pitcher, just like, uh, you know, everybody has their superstitions in everything. If you don't like, if I don't, you know, tape up my left leg before I tape up my right one, I'm going to have a terrible <laughs> game. But, you know, it also goes with that. If Hank, Hank went, I don't know, like a couple weeks without a start for like the first time ever. We're looking at so, close to a And then you throw him back. Yeah, you throw him back in. And it's like, why is he the same Hank? Yeah, because he hasn't played in a while. He's a shake off the rust. So I think coming into this, it's going to really be like a last second decision who goes in i honestly believe it's going to be hank but you know it all depends on how he plays i i won't pull him after the first game unless he's god awful unless he's just a shell of his former self you got to give him at least two games and then next season it's the igor show oh no absolutely i agree with that 100 percent. that next season igor is the starter nonetheless like that that's non-debatable we all know that's going to happen i mean i mean we were all anticipating previously that oh Igor has been a full season in the minors you don't have to worry about it you know Georgiev gets dealt but his play has been so stellar that you just can't keep him Might away get something good no absolutely no I, I agree but for this time now for the time being I think the organization does him service and starts him at least a couple times in the playoffs and truth be told uh there have been times where Henrik Lundqvist has faltered in our eyes to his expectations that we've seen him put up to before and he's actually been able to rebound and prove us wrong so i'm hoping that's the case this time around truth be told i i want that to be the case i mean this really is like the like one of the first bad seasons he's had this is true it's a very you're you are the youngest team in the league very inexperienced and like russell said you've had a guy in your crease for years and years but at a certain time, it's like you gotta let someone else take the rein. But it's it, it's tough. I mean, I'm oh, no, sure it's, I'm it's, sure it's John Davidson and Dave and and Quinn and everybody and their mothers in the Rangers organization <laughs> is scratching their heads, wondering it's not an easy who should decision. we put in? No, I think it's gonna come down to this little training camp beforehand. Who's more healthy? Who looks better? That's and I, you know, I can agree it, with that. I it, just it, think that I think that you need to. Let Igor understand. I guess my point is that you need to let Igor understand that it's his job to lose. I I, I agree. I think te- at this at this moment, if it's Igor's, it, it's Igor's starting job. But again, the stats don't lie with against the Hurricanes. They for some reason just can't beat Hank. For some reason, we can't beat Jimmy Howard in MSG. So it's the same thing. <laughs> right. just, for no, some I, reason, it might be a mental game. Thing. But, no, absolutely. but at the same time, different arena, not the same energy. You don't know what is going to be going I will, to the minds I will of remind players. you, though, Kevin, and it got to the point where if they were playing the Canadians on TV in the Bell Center, I'd debate not watching because of what was going to happen. Oh, always, 100%. Then the playoffs start, then the playoffs would start, and, you know, there was that time where they slayed the Dragon, just like the Capitals had to slay the Penguins in the playoffs, the Rangers slayed the Dragon. They whooped the Canadians in the Bell Center. So, I mean, regular season, regular season. Playoffs, anything can happen. 
It's definitely, I, it's definitely a toss-up for sure. But you kind of, you know, I don't want to see you proven a different point also by saying that, but Henrik Lundqvist is lights out in the playoffs. You, you, you would think that you would give the guy with the most experience the nod. And I understand this is Igor's team going forward, but he has so much experience, like, you know, in the playoffs against this team over the past, I think, what is three years? The Canes only beat us like a handful of times. And for those three years, who was the, the starting goaltender? Henrik Lundqvist. There you go. So it's, I think it's going to, I think it's going to come down. It's like, I think this is the, st- the, the matchup. The first game might not be as important as the second game in this case. Well, hopefully. Because well, the first anything... game is definitely going to be the, that, like, everybody's get, getting their legs back. But remember, this isn't, this is not four of seven. This is no, three it's for of five. five. No, three I understand five. that. Every game every, takes much more precedence. Just like the playoffs, every game counts, but it's you could still easily win two games in a row. You you lose the first game, it's not like you're out in a five-game series. But it's definitely no, tough, though. No, it's definitely it's tougher. Tough. I agree. It's just, if you don't win that second game, that's it. But I think I would still go with the guy who actually has all the playoff experience and is actually more hungry at this point. Well, I think at this point, before we move on to our next topic, I think at this point... With Henrik Lundqvist's contract running down and, you know, truth be told, no one really expected Henrik or the Rangers to be in this spot in the first place. So the organization definitely wants to do right by Lundqvist, and I think he gets the nod at the start, and then they evaluate from there. Now, moving on to another point that Anthony brought up in his bit was Leah Anderson. Leah Anderson was reported that he was working out. And it seems as if the possibility of Leas returning to the Rangers is an open one because you can have as many goalies as you want on your roster, but you need to have 28 players. So obviously the Rangers are going to carry Igor, Henrik, and Georgiev. Now this gives them an opportunity to carry a couple of more forwards on the back end. Anthony mentioned um, Matt Bolesky, and he even said, like, why Matt Bolesky? Because you have to remember, too. Brandon Lemieux is going to be suspended. We don't know the duration of the suspension. So it's good to have some grit, and it's also good to have a guy like Leah Sanderson potentially come back, and maybe, just maybe, this little sabbatical that he went on, maybe it'll do him some good. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think. I personally think he'll be back, and I think it's a great idea because then, like Ann alluded to, it seems like the Rangers aren't really giving up on Anderson. And I think that's phenomenal because if you really look at some of the trade offers that were coming through, or at least some of the ones that were rumored, you're basically getting the same of just a bunch of bottom line forwards for a guy who could potentially be a top six forward, whether it's a grinder forward or a depth forward or whatever. But it seems that the Rangers still value Leah Anderson as a valuable part of this team. So I think we'll see him here. So we're going to turn our tables around here. We're going to start with Kevin first and what he thinks because he's itching at the mic and his face is very close to his screen. So we obviously have to let him get all of his energy out. Kevin, do you think Leah Sanderson returns to the Rangers for this playoff? This is, I mean, we've talked about Leah Sanderson so many times on this podcast, positive, negative, you know, what he's gone through, why he went over, you know, he was a first round pick and this and that, yada, 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 same old stuff. I honestly think this is the best opportunity to bring a guy like him back because you don't have to make room on your roster. He's not going to go down to Hartford. He's going to play with the big club, play with people he used to play with, such as, you know, Filipino. I can't go to Hartford now because they're not Well, playing. obviously. No, that's obviously <laughs> but Come on, Kevin. I mean. Thanks. <laughs> but you know what I mean. So 
I think this honestly is just a blessing in disguise for the Rangers in so many ways. Not just drafting, not just getting into the playoffs, not just somehow dealing with this three-goalie-headed monster, but I think Leas Anderson's going to come in and he's going to, like you know, like you said, Lemieux not gonna, might not be here. And yeah, you can have Matt Bolesky, but do you really want Matt Bolesky over a guy that can be good defensively, which we've seen Leas Anderson do, and contribute offensively on a fourth or third line? Like, I mean, he's not going to be a top six, obviously. I mean, he's definitely, I mean, we've seen Matt Bolesky do work in the NHL, not exactly with the Rangers. I know he's a little bit older, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not uh, a bad alternative. That's like, I'm but... sorry, but that's like saying putting we're putting Brennan Smith in over, you know, Ryan Lindgren. <laughs> you know, it's it just that. that uh, well, to be fair, Brendan Smith has done pretty well for himself, filling in for Brady Shea. Just saying. Just sorry, saying, Russell. But whatever. But I'm just saying, in that context, like you're not, you're not, you're gonna put Ryan Lindgren over, you know, Brendan Smith. I mean, if that's the choice. But you know, you can put Leah Sanderson. In. I think again, it comes down to who's more hungry, who's ready to go, and who you know wants this more than the other guys. And like Russell said about, you know, Igor, this is his job to lose. This might be Leas's job to lose because at this time, the bottom six isn't filled out concrete. They weren't a top tier team at the at the at that this break. They weren't the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Boston Bruins where they could roll four lines at any time they want and still be effective. Their bottom six was jumbled. They're throwing guys in and out. So I think this is the chance for anybody to come in and be like, this is it. This is my shot and I'm going to take it. It's also a chance for someone to prove their contract and maybe work themselves into another NHL offer. So now I'm looking at Russell ready, getting ready to, you know, he's chomping at the bit, I can see. You guys are very eager today for some reason, which is nice. So, Russell. It's Leas good Anderson, topics, that's why. I mean, Leas Anderson, Russell, will he be here, and what kind of impact do you think he'll have? Uh, it's going to take a lot, I think, to convince him to come back already. I think that he has been doing really well for HV71. I think he's been playing really solid over in Sweden. Uh, and if you believe some other reports, there's already talk of them possibly loaning him to HB 71 again next season. Um, if you want Leah Sanderson on this roster for the play-in and for the playoffs, um, you're going to have to let him know that, yes, things are sour between the organization and him for a little bit, and, yes, that things possibly could have been handled a little bit differently and a little bit better than they have been. But I think at the end of the day, they want Leah Sanderson here. They will assure him if he works hard. I think they will let him know, hey, if you work hard, similar to how Kevin said, they are going to let him know that it's his job to lose in the bottom six. Now, who does he replace? Uh, Brendan Lemieux is suspended for everyone that forgot. Brendan Lemieux cannot play for a little while when, when this resumes. Uh, number one is the spot that opens there. Uh, Boone Eves is not the most, uh, you know, star type player. I'm sure he can be replaced as well. Um, you know, we're talking about guy, Julian Gauthier is another one. Maybe he's still swinging the ropes. Maybe he hasn't earned his full spot on this roster yet. Point being, there is space for Leah Sanderson here. And I think in the right scenario and in the right place, he can fit on this team's fourth line, whether it's as a center or a wing. I prefer him as a center with the way the tenacious way he plays the game to get the puck and to distribute it. I think he'd be a good center for this team still. Uh, but at the end of the day, he needs to prove that he can do it. And he needs to prove to this organization that he's committed. Because if he's not, they have two first-round picks in the 2020 draft, both of which they're expected to use on forwards because of their how much they have on defense and how much they have in the goaltending position. Um, and any of those guys can jump in in a year or two because of how deep this draft is and take a spot. 
So does Leah Sanders have a future here? Does he belong here? How can he contribute to this team in a more meaningful way than someone like Brian Lemieux or Booney Eves or even Brendan Smith? Can it's you know I mean no, Brendan Smith's back on defense of course, but you know he's been playing forward this year as well. What do you bring Leah Sanderson that benefits the New York Rangers? And I think that is the message they will send to him, and how he responds will determine if he will come back and what role he will have during this playoff. So do you think that through this time while Anderson has been basically improving himself in Sweden and playing for HV71, do you think that the Rangers had already established contact and potentially prepared him for something like this down the line? I think that they've definitely had conversation with him, especially how the division between the two was being reported when he went back to Sweden originally. I think for sure at least Davidson and Quinn have been in, uh, I mean Davidson and Jeff Gordon have been in contact with him. I don't know how much David Quinn has spoken to him, but I think definitely upper level management has seen how he's doing over there. They've probably been tracking his progress, seeing how he's kind of like revitalized himself a little bit over the course of the season playing with HV71. So I'm sure they have some sort of rapport going on with him right now, but in order for him to come back and to see that he gets a role on this team, there needs to be more discussion between the two sides. You also have to factor in, too, that Mika Zibanejad might play a big role in this, too. Him and Zibanejad were very close, and I probably, they probably still are, you know, the Swedish connection and whatnot. So hopefully Lee Sanderson can find his way here. I think that he will be here. You know, we're hopefully, you know, going to find out who the Rangers essentially put on their roster within the next couple of days. Hopefully we'll be able to have that for you as soon as possible. But now moving on to uh, a more interesting topic in a sense where we discuss uh, future deals off of pure speculation. Because that's the best thing you can do nowadays. <laughs> yeah, let's just guess to see what we're, might happen. We're just going to wait and see what happens. So... Just the other day, uh, Jack Eichel uh, spoke and released a, a statement, or was in a, he spoke in an interview discussing his frustrations on not making the playoffs. This was right after the uh, 2014 format was announced, and uh, he praised his coach, Ralph Kruger, and Ralph Kruger was always one of those good coaches that didn't get enough praise, so it's good to see that he did that. But then, you, the, in, in what Eichel said, he expressed disappointment within how the Sabres have been handled. Nothing too incriminating where he's calling for everybody's heads, but you can tell that there was a lot of frustration between Eichel and wanting to make the playoffs. If all, all of us here know about Jack Eichel and the type of player that he is, he is a supremely skilled first-line franchise center who is basically the linchpin of the Sabres, and he is so beloved in Buffalo that I've spoken to a couple of Sabres fans myself, and they have told me, that they are willing to walk away from watching hockey if they decide to trade Jack Eichel, if the return isn't optimal. To be fair, it's not something I would do, but I can understand why they would do that, considering the shortcomings that this franchise has had. So what we did as Ranger fans is we thought, well, gosh, Eichel's a center, and what is the thing that the Rangers lack the most? Kevin? Centers. Russell? Center ice. Exactly. So, so all these reports and articles and ideas started coming in. What exactly do the Rangers have to do to acquire Jack Eichel? Now, just imagine for a second, in a perfect world, the Rangers trade for Jack Eichel. Mika Zibanejad is your number one center. Jack Eichel is right there as 1A, or Eichel 1A, Zibanejad 1B with Panarin. 
easily. Yeah, I, think, I think that's that's the more likely scenario. Yeah, Jack Eichel would take over easily. 1A in that this case. team with the depth they will have on forward, easily this team is a Stanley Cup contender. So what we decided to do is we decided to take all of our brain trust, which is not a lot. <laughs> just, just joking, everybody. Uh, and we decided You're giving to, us way too much credit here. Yes, exactly. Thank you very much, <laughs> Kevin. I have to defend all of you guys for our idiocy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we we decided to just come up with some scenarios or just some players or what exactly would the Rangers have to give to trade for Jack Eichel. Now, Russell seems to be one of the guys that tends to look very heavily into this stuff, so we'll start with him. So first off, Russell, what exactly would the Rangers need to give up first in order for this deal to even be considered for Jack Eichel? Okay. So before, first and foremost, the money has to work. The money, Because Jack Eichel is making $10 million a year I believe for the next nine years. That's okay. a lot of money. <laughs> now, our highest paid player is making eleven point six seven. I believe what Tammy Panarin is making. I'm fairly certain that is what he is making. Um, obviously, Panarin will not be included in this deal. You are not trading on Tammy Panarin. You are not going to get rid of your best player. It's not going to happen. And Chris Kreider is okay, not so being dealt either. Exactly. Chris Kreider just signed a new deal. There's no way they're going to trade him, especially with how the team sees him. It's tough. It's quite tough. But there's a few players that need to be included for the money, and there's a scenario here that that can change who gets traded and why. Now, we're going to take a look at both of them really quickly. One, Ryan Strom and Tony D'Angelo resign this summer, and two, Ryan Strom and Tony D'Angelo are let go this summer. Well, also, now, before does... you move on to that, just let's just make sure everybody knows that in order for this deal to be viable, the Rangers would have to at least give up two first-round picks. Exactly. So that, that's definitely something that's already on the table. So you would assume a first-round pick is thrown in here. Or a first and, um, and a very high-level prospect. Yeah, a high-level prospect. That, or, and maybe some extra you know, lower-end round picks, like a third and a fourth. you got to sweep exactly. the pot a little bit. So, scenario A, Ryan Stroman, Tony D'Angelo are allowed to walk. In that case, the Rangers saved $3 million already from Strom. And then now you're looking at they have to make the money work a tiny bit more than that. And they already have about 3.1, 3.2 in cap themselves. So Strom leaves with the 3.1. You have about $6 million in space right there. Tony D'Angelo leaves. That's another 925000 off the books. And remember, that was coming off the books regardless because Tony D'Angelo is up for a new deal, as is Ryan Strom. So... In that case, you need to move about $3.5 million to make it work. There's one player that fits that, and there's one player that absolutely must be included in that scenario, and that's Pavel Buchnevich. I know there's people that love Buchnevich. I like Buchnevich a lot, and I think he's a fantastic player. But when you break down, when you break it down and you need the money, Buchnevich needs to be included in this deal. Well, he's expendable for sure. Exactly, especially with guys like Kravtsov and whoever they get in this upcoming 2020 draft who could come in and fill that spot. Now... Scenario B, before we move on to Kevin and JL with what prospects and picks might have to be included. Scenario two is if Ryan Strom and Tony Angel are both retained. Now you can figure they're both going to come in somewhere around maybe three, four million for Strom. And oh boy, it's going to be tough to fit D'Angelo in for something under five million a season because of how he's playing. It's going to be tough. The money is going to be very hard to make work this way. But the one player that must 
must be included if Ryan Strom and Tony D'Angelo are retained. And I don't want him traded any more than a lot of other people do. But in order to make the money work, and with the cap hits being what they are, then we need to say goodbye to Jacob Truba. And it will be tough because he has a no-movement clause. I've laid out some money conditions for you. We move on to jail. Do you think Kevin should... Talking well, about some picks and prospects here. Well, Kevin. Well, once we get to that, but Kev, uh, Kevin definitely did have a good idea in terms of the Saber side, in terms of retaining money and potentially bringing over a certain player. Right. Kevin, you mentioned the Buffalo Sabers would have to throw in someone extra in order for this deal to work. Right. This is right before we get to our prospect discussion. But it's yeah. Seems- Seems like you had a pretty. You, you nailed it down pretty good. And this might actually be able to be done if without trading Truba. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is. My scenario is really all on the assumption that Tony D'Angelo doesn't sign with the Rangers. They just can't make a deal work. And Ryan Strom also just is let go just because he'll be probably demanding too much for just being a center to Artemi Panarin. So in my scenario, there is a few contracts in Buffalo in the Buffalo Sabres kind of cap problems that you know could be relieved. And one of them is Kyle Ocposo. After signing the $6 million deal six for God knows how long, he's just not putting it together. He I don't even think he has 20 points this season. He only played 50-something games um, instead of like the 60, around the 60 mark that everybody else did. He, he's had a horrible... He's had a like, horrible... He's had a horrible time seasons. with injuries. Yeah, the injuries yeah, have really can. caught up. And yes, he does have a modif- modified no-trade clause, but maybe he just needs a change of scenery. He might not like it in Buffalo, and to go with somebody else like Jack Eichel might actually give him a reason to either give the list and not include the Rangers on it so he can get traded there, or just waive it so he would go. Yeah, so, I don't I don't think he'd think, turn down the Rangers. And also, now, just to, just to it would, add— It would be retained salary, obviously, because yeah. the Sabres eventually getting rid of Jack Eichel, they could afford $3 million, so they would probably retain— Fifty percent. Now, before you get into that, Kevin, let's just everybody let everybody know that Ocposo signed a seven-year, forty-two million dollar deal in twenty sixteen. So right after he left the Islanders, he signed a seven-year, forty-two million dollar contract with the Sabers. And at the time, people thought that would actually age well because of how he was playing and how the cap was going to rise. But obviously, it has been nothing but a albatross. You know, you expect a guy to play a certain way. Injuries come in. So this is why the Rangers can take advantage and probably not give up as much. Maybe not as many prospects. Maybe not that second first-round pick. Because getting rid of someone like Ocposo just to have him off the team might just be enough for the Sabres to be like, yeah, let's do it. Obviously, it's not a cap problem at this moment. They have, I think, the most cap ever. I think think next year they lose a good... Yeah, they have one, two, three, four, uh, ten free agents next year. And they they essentially cut their cap in half, but that's assuming they don't sign anybody, which isn't going to happen. But get maybe just getting rid of Ucposo just to kind of get that no movement, like no trade clause away for when if they do compete in the next couple of years might just be good for them. But this definitely lets them get a little more flexibility with what they get back from the Rangers, just because it's like I rather get they might might rather get rid of the contract. They get like seven more picks, which usually turn out to be nothing for them. And also a possibility for something like this in terms of maybe potentially keeping Jacob Truba is that if the say, you know, it's like bad contract for bad contract kind of thing. So Mark Stahl makes just about or maybe just as less than than, um, Kyle Ocposo. 
So he makes roughly five point five, five point six points stall somewhere around there. So it's a five point seven for stall, and I think Akposo makes just about five point. You said five point seven. Well, either way. Both teams would want to have these contracts cancel out, and you would assume the Rangers would probably retain some salary in that sense, and then Buffalo would retain some salary as well. So if this is a deadline deal, obviously the Rangers wouldn't be on the hook all the way for uh, Eichel's contract, at least for the remainder of the season, and then once that season ends, a lot of money goes off the books and they'll be able to hold on to that large $10 million uh, contract that Eichel is currently possessing. So, that being said, now that we essentially have the players who are set in stone, we'll probably go into detail about who the other players would have to be when it comes to trading in this deal. So, obviously, you have Buchnevich involved. You're going to have you know, Eichel involved, you're going to have Akposo involved, but now you have to sweeten the pot a little bit because Buffalo's not just going to give away Eichel for nothing. So assuming that you have to sweeten the pot a little bit, you would have to assume that Philip Heedle is one going the other way to Buffalo. It's unfortunate that this would probably have to be the case realistically, but Heedle is a center. He's still very young, and he's got tremendous upside. Very. The, the elite ceiling is very apparently there with the flashes he's shown us already. Exactly, and if the Rangers are whatever point the Rangers are in that moment, and they feel that Eichel is the one that puts them over the over the hump, that's obviously something you'd do. Secondly, they would have to probably give up a defensive prospect, so you would probably see a guy like Matthew Robertson move in a tr- kind of trade like this. Robertson seems like he's a sought-out commodity. And the Rangers definitely have high hopes for him. But again, if they're trying to get over the hump, you have to give to get. So Robertson is another guy that would probably be included. And then finally, to round out the deal, none of us want this to happen. But if again, if you're trading for Jack Eichel, then you have to give to get. You have to throw in Vitaly Kratsov. And unfortunately... He would go to Buffalo and we don't know what would happen, but you have to take that risk and send him off. Definitely have to see what happens, but I think if you add those three guys along with Buchnevich and maybe one other player, depending on who it could be, sweeten up the pot, throw some retained money in there on both sides, I think it might be possible that the Rangers could end up trading for Jack Eichel. It's a very strange situation because the NHL is very fluid. You don't really know what's going to happen. Things change from one day to another. I remember one time, a couple years ago, right before we got Capo Caco, we're discussing trying to see what we can get for like the top you know, 10 from 17 or whatever, thinking that this rebuild is going to take another five years. And then what do you know? The Rangers get number two. It's like, oh my gosh, here we go. This is it. You know? So obviously, it's a very fluid situation. We definitely have to... Uh, monitor it but the options that we came to this is basically the deal that we would want so basically realistically it would be Buchnevich probably either Stahl or Truba depending on you know if Buffalo wants it and then Heedle, Kratsov, Robertson two first round picks and a couple of lower end picks for Jack Eichel and Kyle Ocposo with more than likely 25 to 50 percent salary retained that sound good to you guys sounds good to me I like it. I just don't think you need to include Mark Stahl. Just Why because not? his I contract's think... up. And I think 
not for the month not for the money's sake i just don't think they're gonna i don't think mark stall is gonna either want to get traded because i still think he has a no moving clause up but until the end of his to, contract you have to remember that mark stall will only have max 20 games left with the rangers at that point yeah well i, no, I he, think he i think that gordon and Cole would it. be able to convince him like look man like thank you for everything but please he like, might see, this is the thing. he yeah. might agree to it it also might end up being the sabers want more just to take on stall but you don't need to give him up because he's done at the end of the right. year and so, also i think something I, that this makes is, it better go ahead Kevin. this is the un- uh, just sorry it's just under the assumption that there is tony d'angelo and yes you have to include someone like truba because you have someone like d'angelo in the wing right there but if he's not there you can't get rid of truba but it, it all depends on how this offseason goes Who's mm-hmm. signed? Who's not? Who's traded? Absolutely, because it's a very it's a, this is the pivotal point for the Rangers. But yeah. go for it, Russ. And I think a lot of people need to remember if Kravtsov is included, that is that the organization would be very happy knowing that they have someone waiting in the wings who could fulfill that potential Kravtsov has. And I think a lot of people need to pay attention to what this team does at the draft in September this year, because. If you're talking how most people expect them to pick two uh, forwards with their first with their two first round picks, um, you can be sure that if this team gets something like uh, any combination of an Anton Lundell or a Hendricks Lapierre or a Dylan Holloway with that first pick, you have another center waiting. And with that second pick, who almost every analyst is thinking this team is going to go after Noel Gundler because they have two first round picks and they can take the risk on the kid. You're talking about another player who could be a sniper for them in, I would say, two seasons, which would be the season after this trade would happen. Um, so you're talking about replacements that could be coming through the pipeline. And I think that'll make it a lot easier for people to swallow if Kravtsov is included in the deal. If you have a guy like um, Hendricks Lapierre, Anton Lundell or Noel Gundler waiting in the wings to possibly replace him. Personally, in my opinion, I think the Rangers don't. It de- obviously depends on how next season goes, like where they are in the standings, where Buffalo is in the standings. They might turn it around and be amazing. They don't need to trade Jack Eichel. Nobody knows. But if right. it is the case where the Rangers are doing you know, well but not amazing and Buffalo has another bad season for Jack Eichel's sixth year there, he, A, might demand a trade, which actually will decrease the value of what the Rangers have to give. And then they might do it in the draft. It might be a little more clear of what each team needs. It might be a little more clear of who's picking when, what assets the Rangers have given up or even have gotten during the season. So I I personally think it would probably be easier and better for the Rangers to trade at the draft. But again, this is all circumstantial. The Rangers might be, this is it. This is the year. We're right back in it. So we're going to trade and we're going to get the best guy available, which might actually be Jack Eichel in this case. Well, ultimately, ultimately, at the end of the day, though, you can't ever really tell, like I said, until you can get a firm grasp at what the climate of the NHL uh, firmly is. Yeah. grasp. It. Firmly grasp it. <laughs> yeah, as as uh, as Patrick Starr eloquently said, but it's definitely something that can definitely happen because you know Buffalo seems to be on a downward spiral and it doesn't look like it's getting any better truth be told that and i know i said that word and that phrase a lot this podcast but it it's true though you know they signed jeff skinner to try and give him some you know to try and give eichel some secondary scoring and albeit that first couple of months even last season seemed like pretty positive you know and 
they they just started falling apart afterwards. You know, that second half of last season, Buffalo just kind of fell apart. They were in line to make a playoff spot, and they blew it. They basically pulled a Mets. And I say that wearing a Mets jersey. <laughs> so <laughs> so now, there you go. There it is. And, You're playing also, at home. Just to, just, to throw, bingo. We mentioned just, the to Mets. Throw, just to throw a little more intrigue into this, people always like saying how prospects or young players might need a change of scenery. Well, there's a prospect that Buffalo has that you could, that could use a change of scenery, just like we have a prospect that we, that could use a change of scenery. And if you included Leah Sanderson and Casey Middlestat in this deal and flipped them, oh. how interesting that would be in the storyline that would come out of that from two players that were picked very, very close to each other in the 2017 NHL draft just adds another layer onto this whole thing. But hey... You never, never know. know. <laughs> well, 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 how the turntables. Turn <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was an interesting discussion on Jack Eichel. But now, one more thing before we end our podcast today. So obviously it's a very difficult time going on in the world in general with uh, the recent death of George Floyd at the hands of a Minnesota police officer and this has sparked a lot of outrage and riots and protests in the country. Obviously, the country is very divided and we're very um, in a very crazy state right now. So a lot of players have come to Twitter to release statements in regarding the Black Lives Matter movement and the recent events that have gone on in Minnesota, including the Rangers' own K. Andre Miller. And this is his statement word for word. I've struggled for months to find the words to express my frustration and anger over the Zoom conference call incident when I was introduced, when I was to be introduced after signing my NHL contract. It's something that I won't ever forget. But with COVID-19 taking a stranglehold on the nation, it seemed like there were so many other priorities in the world that it wasn't my place to speak out about that incident. This pandemic isn't discriminatory. It has been difficult for everyone and the priority was to keep everyone safe. Now, in the midst of the senseless death of George Floyd at the hands of a Minnesota police officer, the p peaceful protests and the violent riots have become the focus for all of us. I want to express my growing concern for the safety of our citizens of color, especially in my home state, given recent events. I support the Black Lives Matter movement. I struggle because I've never been fully accepted by either the black community or the white community. I struggle because for years I have been one of the only people of color on my hockey teams. I have been targeted because of my race when I was in my youth hockey by some coaches, parents, and players, but I refused to give up because of my love for the game. You can only imagine how it felt to have an uh, you can only imagine how it felt to have an organization like the New York Rangers draft me, the hockey player. For that one moment in time, I didn't have to be defined by the color of my skin, but rather on my hockey skills, athletic ability, and character. This is how it should be all the time. It's time for action, time for change, and once and for all, it's time to let black people be judged based on who we are and not what we look like. Kayandre Miller. He is 100% right on that topic. We definitely should judge each other by our character instead of our skin color. Guys, any quick thoughts on this before we end the podcast? Russell, go ahead. It's a powerful statement. And I agree with you that everything he said is 100% correct. Um, obviously, things are not where a lot of people want them to be. And we need to do everything as a country and as a people 
to get it to where it needs to be in this day and age. And there are a lot of things that need to happen to contribute to that. There needs to be progress, and hopefully that is what comes out of all of this. Kevin, your thoughts? I definitely agree. Um, we're in a very troubled time at the moment. But, um, you know, it's hard to look at the positives. I mean, we use this podcast and we use the Rangers as an outlet to get away from our problems. But it, do- it doesn't always work. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a tough time for a lot of people right now. And we're definitely standing with, you know, you know we got to judge people by their own characters and not who or what they are. And, uh, you know, the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. And that's just how everybody should live their lives. And, you know, just going forward, just how would you want to be treated in this certain situation? Well said, gentlemen. Remember, we should always define everyone by their character, not by their color. And in these trying times, we hope that we can all support each other and make sure that we can make the United States a place where we can live together in peace and as one. Anyways... Nope. Go yeah. ahead, Kevin. You were going to say I something. I thought this. Was, I thought this was good. It's just to finish off on this Eichel thing. Yes, it sounds very good. It's definitely not impossible. But it's, it's just highly unlikely. It's very unlikely. It's improbable. <laughs> and hey, you never know. But Jack, Jack Eichel might come in and be like, "Trade me. Trade me to the Rangers right now." So he's going to pull a Martin St. Louis from two thousand nine. I mean, oh, I mean, yeah. also Jack Eichel's Jack Eichel's going to need to change his number too. That's you can't true. Wear nine. Well, just give that's him 15, then. That's true. We could give, we'll give him 15. He's allowed, he's allowed to work. He's allowed there, to work. There are many a numbers available. <laughs> but I'm sure if Jack Eichel walks in, he's like, give me this number. It's going to it's gonna be okay. He's not walking into yeah. MSG. He's not going to go to Adam Graves and, and have no, no, no. family. I want nine. not the any, retired any, numbers, JL. But also, <laughs> any way you slice it, he's walking into a room where he's no longer the best player, though. And that would be interesting to, to see, too, because... You don't have that, oh, I'm the best player, defer to me for everything, because Artemi Panarin is the best player, and you defer to him. And I think that would be very interesting for him to go to a locker room where he was the alpha dog and then not be the alpha dog again. Well, I think that might actually work in his favor, truth be told. That might actually work out for him, because now there's less pressure on him. Because, for sure. And, and, and that's, that's, why, that's what makes Artemi Panarin so good. It's like he doesn't care how much pressure he has on him. He's just sure. that damn good that he The can... guy literally showed up from the tarmac with the New Yorker nothing hoodie, and that was where I knew the moment. I was like, this guy doesn't, <laughs> no, doesn't it's care. True. Yeah, just look yeah. at what Mika Zibanejad has done this season. Yeah, I mean, Jack Not, Eichel like, would have the even best. play with him. Eichel would and have the just best to have Artemi Panarin on the ice. Just yeah, imagine that. Just imagine a power play unit. Imagine that power play unit. Oh man! Imagine that power play unit. Just got. Just imagine that power play unit. Just think. No, really, think about it. You have Eichel, Panarin, Zibanejad, Fox, and insert person on the other point there. Uh, or divide and conquer. You just want to load it up? No, if you if you want to load it up, I mean that's just that's insanity. Or you you could put Kako. You could put Kako with Eichel. So, I mean, you want to look at the power play units if Jack Eichel steps into this team. I think you put Panarin back with Sabanajad. Those two already work really well together. I mean, we've seen it this season. Their chemistry has been really, really good on the power play. And then I think you put um, Kapokako with Jack Eichel and let the two young guys kind of roll together in that way. And in terms of even strength, 
I think that your one of your lines, you put Kreider with Eichel and Kako and just have just all kinds of speed and size on that line. Uh, you know, you have the playmaker and Eichel who can dish it to Kako, who again, lethal shot, lethal playmaking ability, and Kreider's the speed. And then your top line, Zabanajad, Panarin, and you know, you get rid of Booch in this deal in our in our mock deal. But and Kravtsov might ultimately be gone too. Um, so you're gonna have, you know, a kind of who's gonna take it. Who stays with these guys? Who is going to be our sixth member of the top six? Maybe it's someone they draft. Maybe it's someone we already have on the roster. Maybe, you know, so many possibilities. But, I mean, if your top six, if five of your top six consists of Jack Eichel, Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, Kapokako, and Chris Kreider, you're doing something right. Kevin? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're fine with yeah. all of that. I oh, think no, Russell yeah. summed it up perfectly. Yeah, I think we all yeah. can Just, agree on that, definitely. It's, you can put any hodgepodge of... Yeah, any power play units. Word of the day, hodgepodge. Fine. <laughs> it's plus, you know, you're you're forgetting about the defense too. Who can actually slide into any slot as well? So it's very interesting to see. I'm very excited if this was the case. I mean, I'm excited for nothing that's going to happen ever. I don't <laughs> think this is going to personally happen, in my opinion. But I think it, I think it would be great to think about. I it's think if Jack I, Jack Eichel. Yeah can be the master of his destiny if he so chooses. Anyways, boys, and to everyone listening to this podcast, thank you for listening to another episode of Forever Blue Shirts Radio. It's been fun. Thank you so much to Mr. Anthony Scultore, Papa Tilt himself, for contributing his piece. We definitely hope to continue to have him on and offer his insight to the podcast. Any last words, gentlemen? Um, Rangers in three. Kevin? Oh, man, that's a bold claim. Uh, Rangers in four. But, uh, hey, look, hockey's almost back. We're very excited to see it. And uh, let's go, Rangers. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at underscore uh, 4B underscore radio. You can follow myself at JL Shapiro 8. You can follow Russell at Russell Hartman 1. And Kevin, you can follow him at Space Earthbender because he wants to be different and not include his own name in his username. So thank you for listening, everybody. And remember, like Kevin said... Oh, you want me to say it? Yes, I want you to say it. That's why I'm pointing at you. Yeah, you would say it. Oh, jerk. No, now you get to say it. No, you say it. You say it. No, Russell... Okay, Russell, go ahead. End us. Close us out. <laughs> Let's go, Rangers. You've been listening to 4B Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com.
Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called, Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called, Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. 